0: But what's interesting, though, is that uh, only about half of all people that are going on Medicare uh, or eligible at 65 really have to go on Medicare.
1: Hello. Welcome to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare.
2: Well, hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar with Rehab U Practice Solutions. And if you want to develop an effective, succinct, clear uh, positioning and value proposition for your product, your service, your solution, you want to be able to drive actually productive sales conversations for your organization, then check out the Healthcare Positioning Alignment Workshop. In this workshop, we basically help you develop an effective value proposition. We help you understand how your product, how your service, your solution, answers that value to whom question once you figure out that you have the, the the basis essentially for developing an entire business development strategy that will help drive qualified sales conversations and leads into your business, into your product, your solution, your device, whatever it may be. Healthcare is extremely complex, four different stakeholders. They all view things differently. What they consider valuable, what they don't consider valuable, the different incentives. We help you walk through all of that in the positioning alignment workshop the healthcare positioning alignment workshop you can find that at positioning.rehabupracticesolutions.com that's positioning.rehabupracticesolutions.com or you can go to the website better outcomes show click on through to the uh, to rehab you and then there's a a banner there just click it go to it find out more the end all right this week we are doing uh, an episode or covering a topic which i think will be widely applicable whether you're in the healthcare technology space and you're looking at developing solutions or softwares or devices that are going to help either providers or patients and you need to understand like the funding mechanisms behind medicare and medicare advantage and all that this will probably help you with that if you're a provider and you you just want to kind of understand what's the difference between medicare medicare advantage medicare supplement how do they all work together um, etc etc or if you're happen to be a patient. We do have some folks, especially because of the clinic that I run, uh, obviously uh, some of the content I create kind of filters back and forth and uh, some content for uh, the consulting firm ends up actually working for the the clinic and the patients that we serve. So here's essentially what we're talking about today. I sit down with uh, an expert in the field. His name is Marvin Music. He runs a website called uh, MedicareSchool.net or .dot com. We'll link to it in the show notes, um, so you can just click through and and watch his webinars and his and read some of his content. He's very knowledgeable on the space, and essentially what we talk about is. What are Medicare Advantage plans? How do they differ for standard Medicare plans? What are the requirements to shift from standard Medicare to Medicare Advantage and going back? Is it even possible? Um, what's, the, what's a supplemental plan? Why might somebody consider uh, an Advantage plan versus a supplement plan? Um, premiums, co-pays, co-insurance, who's eligible for what? What Medicare does and doesn't cover? We talk about that all on this episode in this conversation so again I think it's it's widely applicable if you happen to be serving people in the healthcare space it helps to understand their funding mechanism and the the constraints under which they're working in and if you happen to be serving patients and you get those patients that are asking questions sometimes it's nice to have a resource to send them to and say hey listen I'm not obviously I'm not a a licensed uh, insurance broker and I can't you official advice on this but there's some people that have created some content that are qualified that can point you in the right direction about whether or not you want to go with an advantage plan kind of the 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 pros and cons of that versus traditional medicare with a supplement versus medicare by itself right there's there's a a lot of options out there so this isn't going to be a a very specific conversation we're not going to talk about specific diagnoses or why might um, like in this situation, why might somebody do this versus that? It's really high level. We kind of talk about the funding mechanism, how it works, and then some high level points about why you might consider one versus the other, why a patient might consider one versus the other, and then what that means for the provider, um, for any kind of technology folks that are involved with understanding, okay, this is the the constraints under which my providers are working with or the payers themselves or want to contract directly with a payer. So anyways, hopefully you find this interesting um, without further ado, here's Marvin Musick talking about just the Medicare market in general. Well, hey, Marvin, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: Hey, I'm doing great, Rafi. Uh, good to be with you today.
2: Thanks. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to talk about everything Medicare and Medigap and supplement and all that. But before we do any of that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about what you do and kind of what brought you to what you're doing now with, with Medicare policies?
0: Sure. Well... Um... Uh, my son and I uh, started this business uh, back in 2009. Uh, we were in, in in excuse me. We were in the insurance business, and um, we began to see a real a void and uh, found a niche in making sure that um, uh, people that were ready to go on Medicare really understood what they were doing. Uh, so many times, uh, people are confused by Medicare, a lot of rules uh, requirements, and so uh, we began to um, uh, establish really an educational platform. I uh, used to do uh, live events um, uh, all over the country, actually, and so uh, found a niche and realized that uh, that's what the consumer needed. The consumer did need some agent just pushing a product on them, trying to uh, get them to make a quick decision. But So we, we backed up and said, okay, let's teach them about Medicare first. Uh, everyone's got to buy insurance, but do they really understand what they're getting? Because there are some options, and some are better than others, and uh, they're certainly not uh, a one-size-fit-all type product. So uh, we put together an educational platform, and honestly, from there, just just blossomed. I uh, did a lot of live workshops, then COVID hit, and uh, we had to go online. Went and virtual, yeah. That. Exactly <laughs> right. So now millions of people, of course, we get to educate. Uh, but that's, that's how we got started now. That's been 15 years, and uh, uh, things are going well.
2: That's awesome. Cool deal. Yeah, and I think um from a standpoint just as somebody that owns a clinic and sees patients coming in all the time it is amazing to me how many people are maybe like three or four years into a medicare like advantage policy and they still think they have like the red white and blue card and all of that so we're going to dive way into that get into the weeds sure. um so i guess just the baseline then um why do people need to learn about medicare um, okay yeah, like let's start yeah. there and kind of different
0: first off uh uh, the majority of people that are on Medicare are are on it because they have become eligible because of age, yeah. Yep. Uh, which is you know sixty five. Now there are actually about fifteen percent of the population that's on Medicare because of Social Security disability, uh, because that group actually gets uh, Medicare on the twenty fifth month of having received a disability payments. Uh, but eighty five percent of all people that are on Medicare today are are aging in at sixty five. They're folks really, that
2: retired and they they kind of just they got a letter in the mail that said you're eligible for Medicare now, right?
0: yeah well that's that is exactly right so they have to make a decision at 65 but what's interesting though is that uh, only about half of all people that are going on medicare uh, or eligible at 65 really have to go on medicare uh, about half will half don't and the reason is because medicare is very happy for people that are continuing to work to stay on their work plan wow. uh especially the work plan is very attractive uh, good premiums uh, uh attractive coverage good network and all that so uh, there are half people that do have to go on Medicare, but the other half don't, and so we educate people about that. Uh, stay on a, a group plan uh, if it's a good one. If it's uh, the you know the premium is attractive, especially if. Uh, you have other family members on your group plan; uh, those that are, um, you know, younger that don't have a, a good insurance option could be a spouse, could be children covered age 26. So really, that's where we begin. Uh, we remind people go on Medicare at the right time. And so, if you have a good group plan, don't go on Medicare. It's fine. Now, the key to that though is that uh, those group plans do have to have 20 or more employees on the payroll uh, to uh, to stay on it. If if there's 19 or less employees, uh, people do have to go on. On medicare they have to put medicare in the first payer position because yeah. small group plans uh, only uh, pay second to Medicare. And so again, people have to decide, is it right to go on? And so uh, for the group that has to go on Medicare, uh, they're the ones at 65. And it's basically really simple because those people are no longer working. Uh, they could be on COBRA insurance. They could be on what's called TRICARE, uh, which yeah. is military insurance. They could be on an ACA plan. Uh, and so that group has to go on. And so the first decision, go on Medicare at the right time. and. This then from there, what we do is we walk them through that process uh, because people that are on Social Security, they're automatically enrolled into Medicare. Uh, they they're they're going to get a red, white, and blue card. But the other group that's not on Social Security, they have to enroll, and there's timelines uh, for that enrollment. And so we 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 teach them about that to make sure that they're coming in uh, into that A and B system at, at the right time and following the right process.
2: Yeah, explain a little bit about that A and B system because I know we have we've had some people that maybe have enrolled into like A, but not B, and they thought they were getting it all. So when you enroll in Medicare, you do, <laughs> you're you not automatically enrolled, number one, and there are different coverage types, right? Like you need Ex- to enroll in each in each different plan.
0: Exactly right. So the only people that are auto enrolled are those that are receiving social security and they're enrolled into A and B. The other group uh, ha- has to make a decision. And so uh, I-, I referenced uh, people that are, are covered by uh, a large group plans, that just means 20 or more people, uh, they actually don't have to do anything with Medicare. They don't have to do A, they don't have to do B. And why that matters is because if someone is still working, uh, they could be covered by a high deductible health plan that has attached to it a health savings account. Yeah. And so we tell them do nothing because if they enroll into A only, they can no longer contribute to their health savings account, which in my opinion, they they really hurt themselves because they're tax-advantaged ways. For people to be able to accumulate uh, money that's tax, uh, you know, tax deferred, tax deductible uh, towards uh, uh, future medical expenses. So we like HSAs. Yeah. So people that are still working, we tell them do nothing with Medicare. You won't be penalized uh, and pick up Medicare at a later date. Now, those that are uh, continuing to work and don't don't have an HSA, then we like them to do A only. It's good to get in that system. But what they usually don't are not aware of is that if they're covered by a large employer plan, and they enroll in A only, what happens is Medicare still takes the second payer position. And Medicare A, hospital in the second payer position, uh, will not pay deductibles, will not pay co-pays, but they will pay coinsurance, uh, And they may cover something that the group plan, group plan did not cover. So we encourage people to take A only if you keep working, unless you have an HSA. So those that have HSAs, uh, those that are listening, uh, I wouldn't do anything with Medicare and you won't be penalized. Uh, now they'll hear that you have to take A, but you really do not have to. All right, And so so when it comes to the A and B system, the way to really understand it is A is pretty much everything inpatient, B pretty much everything outpatient, uh, plus all doctor services. And so when people are fully on Medicare, they're covered under A and B. And so regardless of uh, someone getting a supplemental plan or an advantage plan, uh, they have to be enrolled in A and B to have either one of those types of coverages. And so uh, my point is that that uh, we come into Medicare at the right time uh, for those people that um, uh, are starting at 65. We call that the initial enrollment period, and okay. it's only a seven-month window. That's it, and that oh, seven-month window, songs. yeah, <laughs> three okay. months before they turn 65, the month they turn 65, and then three months after. So they have to come into Medicare during that seven-month window, or they're creating uh, problems for themselves down the road. Now, people that don't have to start Medicare at 65, meaning they're recovered by group plan, <clears throat> they might I add, uh, it's not just their group plan, it could be their spouse's, either, either way is fine. Uh, they will come into Medicare using a different enrollment period, and that's called a special enrollment period. And that's for people starting at 66 or 67 or sometime in the future. Um, and that's a little bit of a different process. There's some extra paperwork involved. And so we as a firm actually help them through that process to make sure it's done correctly. And so my point is, when we go on Medicare and we settle that A&B account, then people have to look at their insurance options. And there's really three options. Uh, One is to do A&B only. And sadly, 10% of the population actually will do that. And that is a bad decision. The reason is because A&B only uh, leaves people with this uh, tremendous amount of financial liability. Uh, They're responsible for all the gaps that exist in Medicare. Um, and so that A and B option uh, is not wise for that reason. In fact, let me share this with you, Rafi. Uh, there's a there's an interesting stat, and it is this: that right now in America, there are there's 220 billion dollars of medical debt. 220 billion unpaid hospital bills, unpaid doctor bills, unpaid uh, physical therapy bills. There's just a lot of debt. And the second largest holder of that debt today are Medicare eligible people.
2: Oh wow! Amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, multi-millions of dollars owed by that group of people. And in large part, it's those people that chose to do A and B only. And then they had some kind of a serious illness and they're responsible for all these gaps that Medicare didn't cover. And I do want our audience to know this, that Medicare doesn't cover anything 100% except for preventive services. That's it uh yeah. preventive services screenings those kinds of things medicare will cover but beyond that when we get any healthcare service in medicare there's always a balance to the bill you're going to be responsible for that and so if a person has that A and b only well they, they're, they're uh, responsible for that entirely so hence comes the reason for medigap policies or med sup policies yeah
2: because that kind of takes you to the next level like there's a and b only boom we've already discussed that there's right it gets you minimal coverage but there's going to be some financial obligations on your end. A lot of times, what, 20, 30% in some cases? Or,
0: exactly yeah. right. You're exactly right. So the majority of people uh, see how really unwise of a choice that is, and they will um, decide that they want to get a, a, a supplemental plan, which is basically any you get insurance, we're just taking liability that we have, yeah. we're transferring it to an insurance company. And as we transfer liability, we have to pay a premium for that. So we call the liability the gaps in Medicare. And I won't get into weeds on that other than to say this. There are three gaps on the A of Medicare, and there's three gaps on the B of Medicare. So I'm responsible for all of those gaps. So, uh-huh. what, what people used to do, when I say used to do, uh, the, the system changes o- over time. Um, but prior to uh, January 1, 2020, uh, people could actually transfer all the liability uh, to an insurance company, uh, all of it, all the gaps, all six gaps. And that was a, actually a Medigap or MedSoc plan F. And there are a lot of people who still have that F plan. Yeah, they're, they're grandfathered in. That's right. They 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 were grandfathered in, full coverage plan. But anyone born after January 1st, 1955 or starting Medicare after January 1, 2020, uh, the most comprehensive plan is a G plan. Uh, and that G plan will actually cover five of the six gaps. So almost full coverage, but not quite. So that is actually the the most popular supplemental plan today. 70% of all people that are buying SUPS are getting the G yeah. plan. And um, uh, with that plan, they would then be responsible for only one gap, and that's called the Medicare B deductible. So it's it's an annual deductible this year, 2024, it's $240, and it's once a year. That's it. So when someone has that G plan, uh, it's almost full coverage. uh, They'll pay a premium. And again, we're a nationwide broker, so we write all over, but the average uh premium on a G plan right now is gonna be uh in anywhere between 115 to maybe 130 dollars that, that range. So still very affordable. Uh but again, and the, then the, the
2: out-of-pocket cost is so small. I mean, $240 for a deductible absolutely. is
0: tiny. That's right. They should never see anything. And here's the key to that. Uh, anytime time uh, Medicare pays, we're seeing a Medicare provider and Medicare covers the service. Then uh, the only only out-of-pocket expense would be just that that be deductible, uh, because Medicare doesn't cover everything. Uh, yeah. Probably the 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 greatest example of of something that Medicare won't cover would be chiropractic care. Um, okay. ch- chiropractors I think are valuable. You know, I have one and benefited greatly, but Medicare says the only thing they'll cover at a chiropractic visit would be um uh, adjustment of the spine uh, beyond that nothing no x-rays uh, no traction therapy those kinds of things so if medicare doesn't pay the supplemental plan will not we'll pay, pay either yeah. that's right and so that's what we want people to understand supplemental plans follow medicare as long as medicare pays your supplemental plan will pay based upon you know the the one that you bought okay
2: yeah and i think it's it's important then to kind of delineate because we've kind of went into the, the supplemental plan, but there are advantage plans or replacement plans and supplemental plans. And we're talking supplements, which means if Medicare covers it, they say it's good, then the supplement will basically fill in the, fill in the deductibles or fill in the co-insurance or whatever.
0: Got it. You, you're exactly right. So okay. as long as I'm seeing a Medicare provider and a, a Medicare coverage service, that's exactly way it works. And so uh, so as we talk about Advantage plans, of course, you know, they came in into the market in uh, 2003. Uh, and it took a while for them to get ramped up, but they're very popular today. Yeah. They say a little over 50% of all people today going on Medicare are covered by some type of an Advantage plan. And I will tell you, as I share some things with you about them, uh, Advantage plans can be a good fit for people. There is a place for them. But one of biggest issues today is that they're marketed without really giving a lot of good details about how that plan is going to work the reason for that is because the insurance companies are making you know billions of dollars of profit off of them agents uh, we are actually paid a higher commission uh, with advantage plans Uh, we get longer uh, residual commissions off of advantage plans so the point is they're pushed uh, yeah. because it's favorable for uh, for the insurance industry but is it really favorable for the, the the patient you know the the person enrolling into that and um uh, that's where i have my reservations yeah uh, this is long enough to see some of the the disadvantages of Advantage plans and uh, people are, are they don't find out about these disadvantages until frankly it's too late and that's really sad
2: yeah a lot of times people think they're getting you know this big whiz bang coverage or something like that, and then they go to a certain doctor and they're told, oh, well, you need authorization for this, or this actually isn't covered, or there's an extra cost for this. And um, yeah. I guess let's just kind of define like what is a Medicare Advantage plan, and then we'll kind of talk about well, my, sure. my why might you want to you know look at that in this situation versus not, and kind of advantages, pros. So what right. is a Medicare Advantage plan?
0: Sure. Uh, uh, they're called a couple things. You you mentioned it. Replacement plans. Uh, they're also given the letter C. Um, and so, Advantage plans are are a private health insurance company that is actually replacing the A and B system for you. You're you're now falling under the the guidelines and really the direction and rules of a private health insurance yeah. company. And so what happens is that private health insurance company is now responsible for you uh, because Medicare is no longer going to cover any bill. Medicare takes a flat fee amount and pays that advantaged company. And that's right now around $1,000 a month or so. Uh, when people are um, uh, uh, have chronic illnesses, they actually get a little bit more money. But the point is they get a flat fee and therefore they take the responsibility. So uh, what people often don't realize is now you're under the direction of that. That's why they call yeah. those coordinated care plans. Uh, and so uh, with the Advantage plan, uh, they're able to actually add some rules to them that can make it difficult for people. And, and the biggest rule, you mentioned it was, is the whole pre-authorization issue. Now, um, uh, the government is trying to, because they've had so many complaints about pre-authorizations, millions of complaints, they are trying to do something about that. Uh, There's some new legislation out uh, that was passed, um, uh, the final rule in in 2024. Uh, I'm skeptical (laughs) uh, about that just because I think that the intentions are good. I think the government would like to see some changes, but it is such a big system. And they have fed that system so long with very little accountability to the insurance companies. There's been a lot of abuse. And so I don't think we're going to see that train turn around very quickly. But preauthorization is a service where uh, it's expensive. It's a CAT scan, an MRI, a PET scan, uh, extended uh, skilled nursing stay. It could be a knee replacement, a hip replacement, all those things have to be pre-approved by the insurance company. Uh, the the stat on it is about, about 70% of the services that people need on Advantage plans are going to have to be pre-approved by the insurance company. Okay, so Man, doctor yeah. doesn't have final say-so. Uh, doctor basically is recommending, and then the insurance company has to agree and approve before there's going to be payment on that. And sometimes they do that immediately, and sometimes they delay that. Sometimes they flat deny that, and I've had it in our own practice. Uh, People need a knee replacement, and and Advantage Plan says, "No, you need therapy for nine months, and then we'll revisit the possibility of the knee replacement." Had a lady not long ago that uh, needed a full hip replacement. Advantage Plan said, "No, you don't. You need a rod, and that's all we're paying for." (laughs) And so those kinds of things happen, and people don't realize that until they get in it. You know, because normally, you know, people are 65 healthy. And they look at the you know little perks that the advantage plan offers that make it you know real attractive, uh, and then then they have a health issue, uh, they have cancer or some heart issue or you know need a surgery, and then they begin to realize oh so this is how this system works.
2: Yeah, I think the big one there too is like people think they get into these replacement plans and they get you know sold on oh it's got these extra benefits, and in their mind they're thinking well it you know it's Medicare it's going to cover what Medicare covers, but like you said you. If it's a Blue Cross plan, you fall into what Blue Cross decides. it's a Humana plan. Humana is making the decisions about what they're going to approve and what they're not going to approve. Exactly um, right. So I guess in what situations, given given that understanding, like at what situation does a person say, oh, a Medicare Advantage plan or a replacement plan might be right for me instead of going with the traditional Medicare with like a supplement or something?
0: Okay. okay. I think the primary reason would just be uh, financially. If someone cannot afford a monthly premium on a supplemental plan, meaning their budget is so tight yeah. that they just can't do it, then I, we tell people, don't try to do it because you're not going to keep your supplemental plan. You can't afford it. Uh, you'll just cancel it in two months or a year or whatever. So yeah, I then think you'll be on the hook for a huge bill later. Yeah. Yeah. Just go ahead. And and realize uh, uh, an advantage would, would be a good situation. I I really encourage people if they can if they have to be on a managed plan. I like a PPO plan because we have a much you know broader wow. network. Uh, now what happens though, uh, Rafi is that uh, the insurance companies um, they uh, will really uh, beef up a uh, uh, an HMO network plan because they have more control. Yeah. Uh, and so the HMO plans have lower copays. They have a lower max out of pockets. Uh, they will have richer uh, perks, you know, benefits, and so they make those very attractive. So the PPOs um, are, are not as attractive financially, but but at least then we we have a much broader network. Yeah. Those HMOs can be very limited, and unless it's an emergency. You cannot go out of your network on an HMO plan. You have to stay confined within the them. Network.
2: Yeah. And well, that I think no problem. you back up in like a uh, just very broad brush. Uh what is a PPO? What is an HMO? Because there's some people that get confused between the two.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, of course, they're acronyms. Uh HMO just simply stands for health maintenance organization. PPO is a preferred provider organization. And what happens when all the insurance companies are are going to offer both. So they are. are. And so what they do is they put together a contract. uh, And so they'll say to a provider, a hospital, a doctor, someone that does what you do, they'll say, okay, here's what we will pay when you see our our patient um, uh, in this particular network. Uh, And so the PPO contract pays the provider more money. And so that means there are more providers willing to be in that network. HMO pays less. Now, the philosophy behind all this is that uh, the insurance company says to, uh, providers on the HMO say, well, you don't get as much money, but we'll send you more volume. <laughs> and yeah. some providers say, I don't need more volume. I need more cash. I want more money for these services. Uh, and so they are, they meaning providers typically are more, a little bit more willing to be in the PPO because they're going to get the reimbursements are higher on those. So that's the difference. It's just simply, oh, uh, it's a managed care plan. And, uh, the, the issue with, with networks is, um, they're, they're fluid, <laughs> Uh, you could have a doctor in the network this year and and, and they're yeah, out. And then they leave. leave, leave yeah. Hospital groups, a whole hospital group pulling out of Advantage plans because they're tired of slow pay. Uh, they're tired of the pre-authorization process. Uh, they're they're tired of, uh, uh, you know, they think a, a service is covered. And then, and then the insurance company says, no, this was not covered. And so uh, the billing can be a real problem with Advantage plans. So people have to realize when you get in that Advantage plan, you will always be in some type of a network, HMO or PPO.
2: Yeah, as opposed to Medicare, which is very, very broad. Most people, with with some exceptions, most people take Medicare.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And in fact, uh, 100% of hospitals do, and uh, they say upwards uh, well, to almost 99% of all doctors yeah. do, uh, yeah. providers. And so you almost have an unlimited network if we uh, stay in the A and B system and get a supplemental plan, because if the, the provider takes A and B, they have to take your supplemental plan. They can't say, oh, we don't take that. Uh, they have to because it's nothing more than the secondary pair. That's all. Uh, they're not making any health care decisions at all. So uh, point being is that with the supplemental plan, you never are going to have to deal with these network issues. And I'll tell you another great example. Uh, uh, some of these uh, advantage plans are, are regional plans or local plans. And when people travel, you know, a few states away, I've had a lady in the, from the Midwest goes to Hawaii couldn't hardly get any proper care in Hawaii. She was on Advantage plan and yeah. uh, very frustrated by that. But when you are in original Medicare and the supplemental plan, you pull out that red, white, and blue card and that supplemental and card. It's, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you're in you know, Las Vegas or Miami. It's going to be all the same coverage for sure. Uh, and so the the ease of um, the, the, the care is just much, much better. But again, you asked me why would people do it? They would do it because – uh, they can't afford that monthly premium. Um, and then if people are just convinced that, hey, I'm healthy. I'm going to stay healthy. I I say, okay, if you've got a crystal ball and you really are confident for the rest of your life, you're going to be healthy, then take the advantage plan. Okay. You'll save some monthly premium. But if you get sick, you almost always will spend more money on your advantage plan than you will on your supplemental plan because advantage plans set what is called an annual max out of pocket. Uh, HMOs right now on average are between about three to maybe four or 5,000 a year. Uh, PPOs are going to be, uh, usually four to 7,000 a year, go out of network could be 10 or 12,000 a year. So you, you, you have an illness, you'll spend more money for sure on your advantage plan than you would your premium for that supplemental plan. So yeah. people say I'm willing to take the risk. Let's find the best advantage plan. Uh, I'd also like to share with you one thing that I think is very confusing to people. Uh, Every year, Medicare has an open enrollment season, and that season is October 15th through December 7th. And because there's so much advertising, a lot of activity, people think that uh, once they're in the Medicare system, they can just switch plans as though there's no rules. Hey, I'll take the advantage while I'm healthy, and then five years later, I get cancer, I'll switch back to original Medicare that cannot happen. <laughs> okay. People just can't switch back and forth at will. Uh, they have to follow certain rules. And one of the biggest negatives of the advantage plan is if someone's on advantage plan, and let's say they stay on that for a year, two or three, four, five years, and they would like to get back to A and B and get that supplemental plan. They cannot make that move without medically qualifying we have to actually ask them uh, 30 health questions. We have oh, to wow. check their meds now in the last two years. Uh, we have to get a statement from their doctor and that information, medical information is given to the insurance company. And now they're gonna go through underwriting. And that insurance company has every right to say yay or nay, it's it's totally at their discretion. And so people don't realize that. And so if they have, R- R- Robbie, uh, even AFib, AFib, one incident of AFib, a uh, rheumatoid arthritis, spinal stenosis, um, uh, insulin-dependent diabetic that uh, takes a lot of insulin or has any diabetic complications, they will never switch the rest of their life. And now they're in that system. And agents don't talk about it. Why? Because yeah. agents are looking for that lifetime residual. Yeah. So, so uh,
2: they can they can never switch back into A and B, but can they switch to like another another advantage plan?
0: No, they can, no. Oh yeah, they can do that. Yeah. They, they can't switch to A and B with a SUP without underwriting, but you're right. They can switch among advantage plans. So if they see one that's more attractive during the open so enrollment. So it's really like
2: you, like you said, it's a system. Like once they're in that system, they develop they're, something. They're kind of stuck in that
0: system. That's right. They will, they will not come out of that system for sure. And it doesn't mean that they're, you know, like this stuck with this terrible, terrible insurance all their whole life, but they are stuck with networks. They are yeah. stuck with pre authorizations. And so those are going to have an impact for, you know, forever. Hey, I had a I had a lady write me from San Francisco, California, uh, and she found us on YouTube and was watching some videos. And anyway, so she wrote and said her husband, 74 years old, um, was uh, prematurely discharged from a skilled nursing facility. And uh, she said he passed away. Now, again, I'm not blaming the advantage plan for him passed yeah. away. But the point is, she said that had an impact on his health. Uh, and so that's what happens. And people have to realize when you enroll in that Advantage plan, that insurance company truly has the final say-so. And uh, a lot of decisions, and I know you know this, are, are made today with input from um, uh, AI algorithms <laughs> uh, that are deciding, hey, how long should you be in that skilled nursing facility? Well, uh, the, the the AI says 19 days or 17 days. Well, uh, that's shared with the providers and off the people go instead of just looking you know, at them uh, uh, you know, physically. Are they really ready to go home? Can they really uh, be taken care of at home? And so those kinds kinds of things happen. Uh, and now we have people becoming statistics instead of really getting the healthcare that they need.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, that's not awesome. But thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to kind of lay this out and explain it all. If people want, and I'm I'm sure people are going to want to know more because this is only scratching the surface, where can they go? You mentioned YouTube, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have a website where people can go and find out more information just about advantage versus supplement and all kind of all of those things that we've discussed and I'm sure in in much more detail where can people go and and learn more
0: sure sure well our our main website for a company it's called medicareschool.com okay um, and that's because that's how we 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 really believe education needs to start Uh, you you start there don't make decisions until you understand what you're doing so medicareschool.com and I've got I've got a kind of a long-form workshop there. It's about an hour and, and what we call a, a, just an a essentials workshop that's about 20 minutes. But that that's a good foundation. And then we do have a YouTube channel, medicareschool.com. And Rafi, I, I mean, I have hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of uh, videos I do. I try to do two a week uh, to make sure that we're up to date on things so they can go there and probably get more information than they'd ever, ever care to. And we tell people, <laughs> listen, you, you don't have to become a Medicare expert to make good Medicare decisions, but you do need to have a good base seek knowledge yeah. of, of your options. And so that really is the purpose of that. And so they could do that. Uh, we also, uh, every other week, I do uh, a live stream event, uh, either through our Facebook group or through YouTube. Uh, but it's a call-in. And it really, not call-in, that's not, it, they, they they type in their questions. Yeah. And my son and I, um, we actually, in our company, we have 70 employees. Uh, and uh, my son-in-law is with us, my son, and, uh, I have actually two sons that are in the business. And so we just take, we take these questions and we, we answer them for people and, uh, they can, they can on type a question in and they can tell us about their situation and then we can give them some direction. And those are very enjoyable. We have lots cool, of yeah. people, uh, uh, I think benefit from that. So yeah. uh, that's where you can reach us. And we'd be glad, I do want to share this if you don't mind. Uh, sure. we are, we are uh, independent brokers um when people do business in insurance either you do it with a captive agent which means they work for one company yeah. or a broker and that's us and I know you would know this we're just we're independent on purpose because one size doesn't fit all uh, we're not bound to say, hey, you know, United Healthcare is best or Aetna is best or whoever's best. It's not about that. It's really about well, what are you looking for? What are your needs? What's your situation? Then let's find that, that product uh, that's the best fit for you. And what we really, really care about, especially with supplemental plans, is going with a carrier that is proven to be stable. Uh, we look at initial rates. That's the first year rate. But everything goes up. Yeah, <laughs> Medical exactly. inflation is a reality. So things are going to go up. But we want to make sure that people understand the importance of let's look at the long haul. How are these companies, how have they performed in the last three, five, ten years? Um, because history will repeat itself more than likely. And so we want to make sure that when we select a company, we're confident that that's a good choice. And here's why because in the majority of states uh in order to even get off a supplemental plan and go to a different supplemental plan uh, people have to medically qualify to make that move so let we make a decision initially with confidence knowing we've gone with a carrier that's proven to be rate stable and they're out there they really are there's some that kind of fluctuate more than i would be comfortable with and i avoid those but others that are very stable and i think yeah we have people that have been with carrier for i mean really their whole life um, and so that's what we're looking for. So the point is, we'd be delighted to help people with that process. Uh, we'll add that uh, any agent, uh, there's no cost uh, for our services or any agent, uh, you know, because the insurance company has to pay the agent. Uh, Whether it's a captive or an independent broker, the price is all the same, and we're paid by the insurance company, not by our clients, which is wonderful, okay? yeah. And uh, if you don't mind me, just mention one more thing, and that is that when people are confused about enrolling into Medicare, just getting into the system, we actually do that for people. Uh, We help them set up all that. uh, They're called a myssa.gov account and we help them enroll into a and b uh and we'll we'll do that for our clients and it's just another service we provide again no cost at all because we just want to make sure that is right first and then we look at the insurance products
2: make sure that's squared away and then you worry about all the fancy stuff exactly (laughs) right awesome well marvin thanks so much for taking the time uh we'll link to everything in the show notes and have a good one sir
0: okay Hey, appreciate it thanks see ya
2: well i hope you enjoyed that conversation with marvin music talking about Medicare, Medicare Advantage and the entirely complex nature of that market. I think one of the things that I did not realize uh, doing health, you know being in this in this business for the last 12 or so years, not specifically the Medicare business, but you know running practices, managing practices, consulting with practices, working with healthcare organizations, working with tel- healthcare technology companies, contracting with these payers, is the fact that once a patient changes, from Medicare to Medicare Advantage. They can't go back to regular Medicare without medically qualifying. I don't know why I I never noticed that or or realized that before now. So there are some grave consequences (laughs) in selecting one of those paths, which, again, the whole idea of moving into Medicare, Medicare Advantage, and all of that requires sitting down with somebody who really knows your situation, understanding the ins and outs of it, and the long-term repercussions of those decisions. So. Anyways, just a takeaway I had. I also thought it was interesting, and many patients that I talk to, either in, in the clinical work that I do or uh, in, the, in the clinic that I own and operate, many of the patients fail to realize when they become Medicare Advantage patients, they are now under that managed care organization, essentially. You know, sure, maybe they, they have a PPO plan or something like that, but they are no longer, you know, quote-unquote, Medicare patients anymore. They are... Blue Cross or Humana or Aetna, wherever it is. And that that insurance company, that payer is now responsible for that person. So again, understanding that from like a healthcare technology innovation standpoint, if you have a solution that's going to be able to save those payers um, money, time, energy, and produce quality outcomes, then you've got essentially a really good value proposition for those payers if you can go to a payer and say listen i know you're getting a flat rate from medicare for these patients in this population this disease population and our tool or technology has been shown to you know do xyz it can it can open the door to some of those conversations but again it, it requires understanding those value drivers for those for those payers right um healthcare or medicare advantage plans that are getting paid like a flat fee for their um, for specific populations, or based on complexity, or something like that, are very, very keen to explore ways of delivering care that's going to either improve um, the quality of the of the clinical outcomes while reducing costs, or reducing costs and maintaining the the quality of care. Either one of those is 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 beneficial beneficial for them. Because they're not getting paid anymore. They're getting paid the same amount no matter what. So being able to come in there with some sign, some kind of solution, service, et cetera, that's going to enable them to deliver the same, if not better quality care at a reduced cost or at an in- increased efficiency or whatever you want to call it um, is going to be a, a beneficial ben- beneficial value proposition. So anyway, just a few thoughts that I had listening and having that conversation with Marvin. If you are interested in learning more, maybe you've got a family member that's getting your Medicare, maybe you run a clinic and you're you're looking for a resource for your patients, or like I said, you're somebody in the in the healthcare innovation space and you want to learn more about Medicare and the, the Medicare Advantage market and how it all works, head on over to Marvin's website. It is Medicareschool.com, Medicareschool.com and uh, they've got a free workshop. It's, I think, like an hour and 20 minutes, and he does a deep dive in it. Now, it's tailored specifically for patients, but, you know, providers and, and other solution folks can, uh, professionals in the space can probably glean a good bit of insight from it. So, anyways, that's medicareschool.com. Alrighty. If you like the show, share it with somebody that you find or that you think might find it interesting, entertaining, valuable, et cetera. Um, You can learn more about us. You can get uh, notified when we drop new episodes, which is usually every other week on a Wednesday at betteroutcomes.show. We also have, I wrote a book called Better Outcomes, A Guide to Humanizing Healthcare. Um, Obviously, Better Outcomes, Humanizing Healthcare, that's our deal here whether we're talking about healthcare technology or innovation or service delivery, the whole game, the whole piece, the focus that we that we drive, that drives this show, that drives the work that I do as a consultant, as a speaker, as a practice owner even, is this idea of making the human connection in healthcare more real. So whether it be using technology to increase access and build relationships, or um, service delivery methods to, to enable that relationship building. That's, that's what we want to focus on. So um, if you want to, to learn more about that book, it's called uh, Better Outcomes, A Guide to Humanizing Healthcare. You can find it at book.betteroutcomes.show, book.betteroutcomes.show, or just search it on Amazon. That's where the publisher tells me to send people. And if you want to inquire about uh, hiring me to come and speak at your organization, your conference, et cetera, you can learn more about that at salazar. Dot com. I think that is all the things I'm going to plug today. Um, again, see you on the next time and see you on the next time. See you or talk to you at the next uh, episode. Until then, be safe, be healthy. I'll talk to you then.
1: Thanks for listening to the Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new health care. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www.RehabYouPracticeSolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.